Welcome to the podcast that's dedicated to helping business owners to prepare for an exit so you can maximize value and exit on your terms. This is the Exit Insights podcast presented by Succession Plus. I'm Daryl Bates Brownsword, and today I'm joined by Ron Douglas. Hey, thanks for joining me today, Ron, and uh, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, good stuff. Now, Ron, we have discussed, uh, I guess, a few things back and forth um, over a little while now uh, preparing for this show. Why don't you just give the listeners just a little bit of a background around uh, mentoring giants and uh, how you help business owners get ready for exit and uh, what your role is in the in the planning? Yeah, yeah. So I started mentoring giants a, a little while back. I um, I'm kind of I'm kind of an, an <laughs> I had an addiction there for a while of. Uh, you know, buying, building, selling businesses, and I've owned over forty companies, and uh, I just I, I had a lot of fun. It was a long, it was a long ride. It was a lot of fun. Learned a lot, uh, but uh, you know, we specialize now in in uh, both entering and exiting a company. So I help people, um, you know, build a company, and I help people exit, do exits. So we um, we got kind of two things that we do there, but uh, you know, we help. Uh, with exits because the uh, so many people leave, just leave so much on the table and uh, don't realize how much time it takes to prepare and get ready uh, to do an exit properly. Absolutely. So you speak in our language, but you just slipped something in there and I just want to pick up on that. Did you say you've been involved personally in 40 plus exits? Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, so yeah, I've had over 40 companies and I've had 40 successful exits, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like an addiction to me. <laughs> yeah, it, it started with, uh, yeah, it just started with one business. You know, I thought, oh, I'll just buy this business. This guy needs some help, and I'll just buy his business. And before I knew it, I was addicted. I was like, oh, let's just buy it. You know, what other businesses are in trouble? <laughs> you know, I start buying businesses. <laughs> so all addictions start with just one, but... um let, let, let's explore that a bit because the the Exit Insights podcast, the whole reason we set up this podcast in the beginning was to, I guess, tap into the fact that most SME business owners, and when we're talking about SME business owners, we're talking, you know, they've got more than 10 people involved, employed in the business. They're typically doing anywhere between one and 20 or 30 million in revenue. And I deliberately left the currency okay. out because it's, it sort of applies the same globally to where our yep. audience is. But if we talk about that marketplace, they're, they're owner-led businesses. So at some point they want to change hands. And because they're at that smaller end, they either want to sell them on to someone else or hand them over to a family member. Or the third option is, unfortunately, you know, they, they just sort of have to liquidate it and uh, fade away. But the reality is that 80% that go to market, the, the, the stats show us, 80%, so four out of five that try to sell their business fail. So you've acquired and, and been in and out of, let's say, 40. So there's a bit of experience there. What, what do you notice? What have you noticed in when, when you're on the buying side? Because I've got so many questions that I just want to tap into your experience. But on the buying side, um, what 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 did you notice? You know, when people were trying to sell their business to you, what 
what did they do to help the process and what did they do to, to hinder the process? Let's, let's oh. start there, shall we? Yeah, they did, they did plenty to hurt, hinder it. I can tell you, I can tell you that they, the, the biggest problem that I've noticed, um, when buying and selling a business is nobody takes the time to look at it from the opposite person's perspective. And so if you're the business owner, you're not making sure that there's enough meat on the bone, so to speak. And they're not making sure that there's enough of a deal there for the person to buy it. It should be a no brainer deal. Um, and if, if it's not, um, then there's a problem. So when, when I set up my, and I, and I guess that's, that's one of the advantages I've had is usually when I buy a business, my intention is to build it to a certain point and sell it. So I've already, I'm already got the mindset and I'm already preparing to make it look good. Um, and, uh, but that, that's not the case with most people. Most people are like, Oh, you know, I've, you know, I've been working this business for 20 years or 10 years or 15 years. And, and this is my baby. And they're not really, um, they haven't really prepared their business, uh, to exit and they haven't prepared their business to get out of the way. And the worst ones are the people that, um, it's kind of like life insurance, right? Nobody, nobody, nobody's expecting that day to, to happen where you're, yeah, unfortunately, you're not here anymore. Um, and business owners die every day, or business owners are in car accidents every day, and then their spouse is left trying to clean up this mess, and they have no idea what to do with it. So your business should always be prepared uh, to sell, and um, you should always have your books in order. You should always have everything in order, and and make it look like a presentable company that somebody wants to jump on and buy. Yeah. Well, if you want something to happen with your business, if you want things to be handled a particular way, some sort of legacy, you know, what happens after you leave, you've got to begin with the end in mind is what, is what you're saying, isn't it? And, and if that happens from a timing perspective that you'd rather not, i.e. unplanned exit, get hit by a bus or, or, or what have you, you want to know that what happens to A, your family they get looked after and treated the way you would like and be the rest of the business. You know, whatever happens to that happens in the way that you want it to happen. That's what we're, we're trying to achieve for business owners. So yeah, you gotta, you gotta act as, and, and have your business so that it's ready for exit at any point in time. Absolutely. I, think, I mean, life changes all the time. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I, I had a buddy who, who his wife came back and, and she had uh, cancer and that changed everything. That changed their whole perspective of life. Yeah. That changed their uh, direction. You know, why am I working this business 70 hours a week? You know, why do I even do this? What, you know, I need to get out of this and, and spend more time with my family. You know, th things change. Everybody changes. Totally. Life changes all the time. Yeah. I was talking to someone the other day and I think we may have, we've uh, uh, come on a way to help because business owners Look, if they're entrepreneurs, they're optimistic people. They're always looking forward. They're 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 more optimistic and visionary and proactive people who make it happen. So I was having a conversation with this guy, and he said, "Look, Daryl, look, I'm not going anywhere in a hurry. I've got I've got to complete this project, and I've got to get this business ready and built, and I I need to achieve it." And I said, "Okay, so you know that you're going to sell it at some point." And he said, "Yeah, yeah, I'm going to sell it, and uh, you know, someone bigger. I'm going to make it attractive for." 
for a bigger organization to come and buy it, and it's going to be a strategic buyer. And I said, fantastic. You, you've got that end in mind. So what if that buyer that is, is looking and they come across your business today and they make you an offer, you know, too good to be true? And he goes, well, I take it. And I go, yeah, but once you sign the paperwork and, and, you know, for due diligence, they're going to have a look at your business and they're going to run away because it's not ready to be acquired yet. They're just going to go, this is just too much of a risk for us. And they're going to run away. And he said, but they approached me. I said, yeah, they approached you because of all the messaging that you project on the outside looks good. When they start looking at the nitty gritty and they see that it's a mess or just not ready, you know, they, they just want to know that they're, they're investing a whole lot of money in a business. They want to know how risky that is and how secure that is. And, and if it's too risky, if it's too dependent on you, you haven't got all of your reporting and record keeping all tidied up. They're just going to go, look, it's, it's, it's a nice business, but it's just not ready for us yet. Uh, and they've gone, oh, okay. So I need to get ready for, you know, the, an unplanned exit is when someone comes and taps you on the shoulder just as much as you know, a bus taps you on the shoulder, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. And and it happens so many times. People are just not ready. Um, You know, people die of drop of heart attacks every day. And, uh, you know, I've acquired several businesses. I hate to say this, but unfortunately, from untimed, unplanned deaths, uh, and people have reached out to me saying, well, I know this guy, he he might buy your business. And, you know, talking to the spouse who doesn't know anything about the business. And, uh, uh, it's just a mess. The books are a mess. Everything's a mess. I have to offer them much less than than it's worth. I know that. They know that. I explain it to them because I have to decipher everything. I mean, they don't have constant book. You know, they don't have bookkeepers. I'm going through old emails and trying to figure out what the heck's going on and where the orders are at. And, I mean, it's just it's just a mess, you know, and that's not what your spouse wants to be dealing with. Exactly. So, Ron, let's tap into that for a second, yeah, because we're going to go to Ron because we know he collects businesses, so we'll uh, see if he wants to buy another one. But uh, in a, on a serious note, um, putting you on the spot a bit, do you recall how much you had to discount the value to go, hey, look, this is a, I've, I've discounted it enough to be a safe investment for me because of everything I just don't know. I don't know what I'm going to dig up when I go you know, trying to tidy everything up and compared to what the valuation could have been for those in those situations. Well, there's one situation in particular, and I hated to do this, and I, I was very clear, you know, I try not to take advantage of anybody. Let's just say that right off the bat because yeah. I, I, I want to be open and, and as clear as possible to these people. But there is such a gamble and a risk because you have no idea. This Unfortunately, this yeah. guy took his own life uh, because his business wasn't doing well. And so he figured his life insurance would cover things. And so that was a huge red flag for me because I'm like, okay, what am I getting into here? And, um, you know, if the business was dropping that bad that he took his own life, well, come to find out he had depression anyway. And so it was not, the business just wasn't doing as well as he thought it should be doing. Um, and like most people, it was the owner's fault. It, it was in his own way. Um, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. but looking at the business at the day that, you know, she approached me, I told her, I said, uh, 
you know, I'm not sure what's going on here. Give me, you know, I asked her if she, I said, if you don't mind, give me a week to just go through his emails and try to understand what's, you know, what happened, what's going on with his business. I could not figure it out. And so I had to offer her and, and, and she was, and I was upfront with her. I says, listen, you can, you can get another offer from other people. I honestly don't know what I'm doing. It was an industry I did not know. It was an industry uh, that I, I've never been in, and it was, uh, uh, and so I had to offer her pretty much what she had in stock, um, and just what was there. And it was, uh, man, I think it was like twenty twenty thousand um, dollars was what he had in inventory, just basically inventory. I went ahead and I bought, you know, she's like, well, are the shelves of any value? And so I was like, sure. So I gave her full price on the shelves and I, you know, she he had some carts and stuff and I, you know, I bought the carts and I bought all that stuff and I took it home and, and then I had to go through and then it took me weeks to figure all this out. The only reason it was a value to me is because the phone while I was there at the store trying to figure this out was constantly ringing. So I knew that there was business. And so I knew there was people there. I just needed to figure out what, what the problem was. Yeah. And again, like I said, it, the problem was, is he was just, he was stuck in 1995 and everything was outdated. The website was outdated. Everything needed updated. Um, and he was just doing it old system wise, you know, and, you know, somebody asked, you know, for a product and he would send them an Excel spreadsheet, you know, with all the data and all that. Nobody wants, you know, these days nobody wants that. They they just want, give me the product. What's the product, you know? And and it was a, uh, it was an interesting time because it was uh, like drinking from a fire hose trying to learn this business, you know, for the first two months. Yeah. I was just, I was just completely engulfed in this business and learning it, but I ended up exiting that with, you know, seven figures um, within a couple of years, but it, it was a lot. I mean, it took me a lot and it was dangerous. It was, it was, a it was a, it was a calculated risk for me because like I said, one, I didn't know the industry Two, um, I, I didn't understand his business model. Uh, so I was kind of like really like jumping into it, but the only reason I did it was one, she just didn't care. She, she was going, she was going to just turn off the phones and shut it all down. Anyway, she was like, I'm so sick and tired of hearing this phone ring. And so, and I knew the phone was ringing, you know, 20, 30 times a day. And I was like, okay, so there's 20, 30 customers out there or one pissed off customer that's calling 20, 30 times. But, um, you know, it was a calculated risk. And so it, it, it ended up paying off. Actually, that one paid off really big because uh, uh, going through his old emails, I discovered that he had invented a product he was creating through China manufacturers. And it was his own product. And so um, it was a, a special LED light that was built to his specifications. And that light ended up being something that's needed in all the cell towers um, as emergency lighting uh, for, for cell towers. And uh, once I figured that out, <laughs> and it was a customer by accident that called me and goes, 
you know, oh, he's not there no more. I said, no, told him what happened. And he says, well, he was working on this product for me. And, and so I went through the emails and, and found it. He goes, yeah, I, I, he goes, I, I do all the lighting at the Verizon cell towers. And then oh, I was like, wait, wait a minute. And so I had to reverse engineer this and figure out what was going on. And it just so happened that he was creating a product that every cell tower in the nation needed. And so, wow, yeah, that paid off big. So, yeah, but it, it could have just as easily gone either way, couldn't it? Like you could have ended <laughs> yeah. up with 20 grand worth of stock in your garage yeah. um, and having to, you know, for you know, closed you know, leases and and yeah. and employees and 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 what have you. So it is a risk. Yeah, you it is, it is a grand. risk, but it, it, but it's a calculated risk. Again, he was yeah. he'd been open since 1998. So with the phone ringing and being open that long, it was it was a calculated risk. But I thought there's got to be something here because he's you know he's making yeah. money. Uh, he had made good money. You know, several years before when she showed me the books, he had, you know, he was up in the seven figures and then, you know, then, then it just dropped down to, wow. um, down to the six figures pretty drastically. And I, I couldn't understand why later I figured out is because he was just in a, he, he just got in a depressional funk and just didn't answer the phones and didn't, it wasn't, just wasn't doing the business. He was just sitting there in a depression. Right. So okay, so so there's an example. Two years later, you were able to turn it around, um, and and on sell it as a, as a going concern, and and you made some some good money out of it. Is that typical? And and so we see that you know the the difference in valuation is is significant compared to um, you know what it could have uh, uh, sold for when you bought it if it had been in in good order. Yes. You know, yeah. So okay. So and is that typical of the experience you've got, where where business owners, you know, uh, aren't prepared for exit? You know, when when you're coming to buy, is that sort of typical of the scenario you experience? Yeah, or? absolutely. I mean, if you're not ready to buy, you're pretty much. I mean, it, it, it's pretty much a auction or a sale at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's what you know. What do you have in stock? And uh, what's the evaluation on your on your vehicles? And usually it's about half that. <laughs> so, you know, the evaluation of whatever's, you know, you got, oh, you got 10 trucks and they're worth $10,000 a piece. Great. That's $50,000. That, that's about what's about a company's worth. And, and, and that's it. And, and yeah. so, um, yeah, I mean, and, and it's so much more than that. I mean, if you, if you prepared your business, it just took a little bit of time you could triple your valuation easily compared yep. to, you know, going on the auction block. Yeah. And I guess it's a difference, isn't it, between your, your balance sheet valuation nowadays, which, you know, in good businesses, the balance sheet is like only 10 or 20% of the valuation of the whole business because the intangibles make up 80-odd percent of the valuation. And what you just explained is in a worst-case scenario when – when uh, the business isn't prepared, the intangibles are the stuff that are invisible, so you can't value them. So all you've got to go on is the balance sheet items, and as you say, you know, they're they're already written off. They're they're used items in 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 a lot of situations, depending on on what all of the items are. But it's the lowest possible valuation you're going to get in uh, in most modern day businesses, where where intangibles and and intellectual property are, are a big part of. Uh, the going concern or what's collectively known as goodwill. 
Absolutely. And the problem is, is <laughs> another problem that happens is because you're in this business day in and day out, you just, what's the term? You, you can't see the forest for the trees. Yeah. And so a lot of times you're just like, man, my company is not worth it. I'm barely taking home anything or whatever the case may be. Um, and that's just not true. You just got to change a couple of puzzle pieces around and all of a sudden your company is worth quite a bit. Um, you know, I, I went into this one company, uh, this guy, actually the, the one where his, his uh, wife ended up with cancer and, you know, he's thinking his company's worth, uh, what was it? He was thinking like 800,000. I went in there and long story short, changed a few things around and he ended up with 3.5 million. It was wow. just, he just was just ready to just auction it off for the, for the, the value of the machinery and uh you know, which was 800,000. And I was like, no, 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 no. And he's like, nobody's going to buy this business. And, and it's like, and, and it was like, well, yeah, you're right. Nobody's going to buy this business because it's a mess. Change a few things here and change a few things there. Get, you know, and, and we did, and we changed just a little bit and it ended up selling for 3.5. Yeah. And, and what you're highlighting there, Ron, is, is the importance of bringing in someone who knows how to value a business, who knows how to extract the intangible assets and get them out of the closet and put them on display so that people can see them and they're not just, you know, the world's best kept secret. So, you know, if you're trying to sell your business yourself, you're in big trouble because you're only ever going to do it once for most people um, yeah. if they've just run one business. It's not like selling their product. It's a total different market to selling their business as it is to selling their product or their service. Exactly. And, 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 you know, and the other thing is, is like, like, for instance, he wanted to keep it hush-hush. He didn't want his employees to know. Well, if your employees don't know, um, you know, that, that's a personal choice, you know. But if your employees do know and you're doing it for a good reason, like he wanted to spend more time with his wife, you know, them all, you know, that was kind of like all hands on deck. They were fixing the paperwork. They were fixing all his financials and getting everything corrected. And they were spending time doing the right things instead of just doing the day-to-day -day running of the operation. And, you know, they quickly jumped on board and helped, uh, you know, help get this business ready to sell. And, and that made all the difference, you know, because he had a good team and they were there to support him in, in the exit. Okay. So yeah, so it's it's all about preparing. So so Ron, one of the things I want to ask you is at 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 its highest point, how many businesses did you own and therefore were in control of it at, at one point in time? Twenty. Twenty. So you're owning and arguably running. I'll, I'll use that word loosely. Twenty businesses at once. Now, how the heck did you manage to do that? when most business owners are, are consumed by 60 hours or, or more a week in running just their own business how, and, uh, and their business consuming their time and barely making a profit. How did you do that for 20 businesses at one time? I learned that a company, is, what's the word for it? What's the best way to explain this? The, it was easier for me to buy a company and split it because a lot of times a company, a, a, a business owner gets into too many things. To give me an example, right? And so like I bought a solar company uh, one time and the solar company was also doing well pumps because he can sell the solar kit for the well pump. And then he was also doing solar kits for greenhouses. 
And then he was doing solar kits for cabins, like homesteaders, you know. And then he was also selling solar kits to yachts and and boat and boat owners that wanted solar for their boats. Well, that's a completely the the boat owner is a different person than the ranch owner in Wyoming, right? And so I started splitting these companies off and micro focusing on on the ranchers and that just doubled and tripled and quadrupled the sales because i was able to devote more time to the rancher and then same with the boat and the yacht owners right i was able to break that off and focus and cater the business so when they went to the website you you know when 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 i clicked on the website he had you know well pumps and fancy yacht owners right next to each other which you know what I mean? It's a mixed message. It's a, it's a confusing message. So it, yeah. uh, by doing that and by changing it up and and, and breaking these companies up into into micro niches, I was able to get several exits out of out of one company. Um, and that's what you know. So a lot of times I like like for instance, I bought a <laughs> I had bought a greenhouse company, and then I broke off the solar part of okay. this other solar company and matched it with matched it with the greenhouse company and put all that together and then sold the greenhouse company with the solar kits separately than the business than the sorry than the yacht owners solar kits companies and separate than the ranch solar kit companies you know what i mean i just broke it all up and you didn't and, go buy a yacht company just to, so that you could uh, merge it with your, your yacht solo around. No, product. no, I I, yeah, I tried to stay in my lane. Don't know nothing about yachts, and I didn't want to get into it. But you know, I, I broke them off, and I ran those companies for a year or two uh, to show the show the financials and focus on building just a yacht specialist. You know, and so uh, once I did that, and I realized that a lot of people just got their hands into too many pockets and a lot of these companies can be purchased and broken up into, into a couple of different exits. Um, They became way more successful. The lesson there is, is focus on one thing. When you're trying to focus on everything, you're focusing on nothing from a product or a market perspective and, and you're not niching down and, and you're just like a, the general practitioner doctor. Whereas if you've got a problem with your ear, you don't want to go to a GP. You want to go to an ear specialist. And, yep. and yeah, it works in all areas of business. So, so there's one of the lessons. What about running the day-to-day? Like a, did you have general managers in your business yes. or CEOs or, or whatever? Or I, I'm, I'm having a guess here, but yeah, you, you can't get in and run 20 businesses at one time no. yourself at a, no. at a micro level. No, I didn't. But, you know, at the same time I was doing this, I also was doing a TV show on Discovery Channel called Blue Collar Backers. <laughs> and so I was burning the candle at both ends because I was doing this TV show uh, on Discovery Channel and trying to run all these businesses at the same time. And I had the largest, what was the title on that? It was the largest emergency preparedness expo in the nation at the time. It was called the Self-Reliance Expo. It's it's now been sold off and, and renamed and stuff but um but it was a we had over a hundred thousand attendees of that so i mean i was going in all these different directions yeah it was it was not easy let me tell you don't try and do 20 companies but the only reason that that happened is because you know i bought one and i was able to divide that into four 
and then get specialists in there. And you know what I mean? And so I was, I was breaking them up. And then before I know it, I'm like, Holy crap, I got 20 companies here. I'm trying to deal with. And, um, yeah, that was, that was too much. And, and obviously it's way too much. And so I started, you know, but I didn't want to hurry up and sell them because I didn't want to sell them at such a discount just to try and hurry up and get rid of them. So I still had this two-year commitment on each one of them so that I can show in the books that, you know, the growth rates and all this other stuff. And, 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 uh, the, the beauty of that though, was, you know, when I hire, um, a web technician, you know, that, to do websites, <laughs> I got them busy, you know, Hey, build on this site, build on this site, build on this site. So I can, I can keep them full time and just keep them going. And, uh, you know, so you know, there was a little bit of positive that came out of it, but man, it it definitely doesn't worth it. I mean, it was well, it was worth it. I mean, it, but it was just a lot of work. Golly, I was burning the candle, and uh, we were we were just going a hundred mile an hour in every direction. But uh, uh, once I got once I got them under control and and able to sell a few of them and uh, put the money back in the pot, man, it, it just started just getting bigger and bigger because. The longer I kept the companies, the more I was able to grow them. And then the more I was able to grow them, the more return I was able to get when I sold them. Sure. And Ron, what were you doing in the business number 20 and 30 in terms of exiting them that you weren't doing in business number one and two that that you wish you had been, For if, if that makes sense? <laughs> yeah. I... Um... <clears throat> business one or two were my babies, right? And yeah, so, first I, I, yeah, and so I, I didn't have an intention to sell them. I did them because I loved them, uh, and uh, I think, I think the biggest problems was again myself. I was not prepared. I did not have a, uh, a person handling the finances and doing it correctly. And I was trying to hide as much as I could because I didn't want to you know pay taxes like everybody else right and so you know when it, when a cash deal comes like it was a cash deal you know and i never you know I, I tried to keep it off the books or whatever whatever i could do to you know write off stuff and obviously one, once i started learning that it's a multiple times how much you can prove you've made <laughs> that changed everything it's like oh yeah we'll put it all on there and you know and then uh i uh you know, and improve the evaluation rather than try to hide it and then try to convince them, oh, no, I, I you, you do make money, you know, on the side. You know, you can make money here and you can make money there. You know, that just doesn't work. Nobody, nobody pays yeah. for that. <laughs> nobody pays for what you, what you, your, your mouth delivers. They only pay for what's on the, uh, what's on your uh, well, tax returns. Exactly. What you can prove. So you started yeah. thinking, you know, valuation in terms of revenue or profit. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and it all came down to valuation, right? And so, and I was very strategic about my my purchases and stuff like that because it was like, well, what does this improve? You know, do we need new trucks? Yes, the trucks are old on the fleet, and we need to get newer trucks. Great. What evaluation will that improve? You know, what I started looking at it from that standpoint. And does it, do they need to be new trucks, or can we buy used trucks, or whatever? that needed to be done to give us the best evaluation, not what was necessarily what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? And so uh, I started focusing on evaluations and what, and what the exit strategies always looked like. Every, every purchase I ever made, it was 
always with the thought of what is this going to do to the evaluation? What is this going to do to the exits? Okay. And uh, if you start looking at you start looking at businesses that way, you can really increase the the values quickly. Okay, so so what you've learned is if just if I can recap somewhat is in the early businesses they were your baby and perhaps you're a little more emotionally attached to them. Once you you know, got up to business twenty and thirty, you are thinking purely, yeah. you know, how do I improve the valuation of this business? If I act in this way, if I do this, if I purchase that, what impact does it have on the valuation? If I adapt this marketing strategy, if I adapt this pricing strategy, what impact does it have on the valuation of the business? Because I always want to be ready to take advantage of any exit should it should it um, land in my lap, so to speak. Yep. Absolutely. And give you a specific example one time. Yeah. Is th- this this guy kept asking me, one of the employees kept asking me, the giant drill press, you know, that it comes down. and It, it was like, a, I don't know, $100,000 $100, machine. And the one we had was from 1940s. You know, it was like, oh, oh. And he's like, um, you know, we need a new one. We need a new one. He kept telling me how much we needed a new one. Well, but how much does that increase the valuation of the company? You know, I mean, dump out a hundred thousand dollars in this machine when I'm getting ready to sell next year. Anyway, long story short, it wasn't the smartest move. And so I waited and I was more impatient, but it, you know, if I was passionate and this was my baby, then yeah, I'd maybe spend a hundred thousand dollars on that machine. Well then, I, you know, that changed the valuation. Right. And so I, uh, you're not going to ever get that hundred thousand dollars back right. um, when it comes time to sell. So, Luckily, I was able to find another company that was going out of business and bought that $100,000 machine for, you know, like $40,000 and, you know, and put it in. And uh, that helped the evaluation much, much better spending the 40 than it was spending the 100. So uh, anyway, yeah, it's just stuff like that. When you start thinking about it from an evaluation standpoint, you, you, you start getting creative. Okay. So, Ron, I'm going to, everything's hinging on this question. Okay. (laughs) Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, I need some sound effects, don't I? So um, just tapping into your experience and, and what you're seeing with, with, with uh, all of the businesses you've, you've um, bought and sold, what's the, the, the one key point? What If you were to go to say to any of the listeners that are listening to this episode, here's the one key message I really want you to hear, you know, after all my experience of, of exiting and, and acquiring you know, 40 odd businesses, here's the one thing I, I want you to know that I wish I knew at the beginning. I think you get one. the one question I, yeah, the one question I ask and a lot of people answer it negatively is knowing what you know about your business and knowing what you know about your industry, would you buy your business? Oh, that's a good good answer. <clears throat> and almost everybody says no. <laughs> then yeah, but it's not it's not ready. <laughs> it's not correct. Yeah, it's not... <laughs> they know that's really directive in pointing them in uh, uh, of suggesting what they need to do to change that answer. That's a really yeah. helpful question, I think. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, so, and so that 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 makes them look at it differently because I flip the table on them and make them become the buyer. Ron, that that is a, a beautiful way to I think finish up the episode. 
I really do appreciate you sharing your exit insights with us today. What I'll do is I'm going to grab all of your um, contact details and we'll put them in the show notes so that if people want to tap into you and, and perhaps get some help with what they're doing and, and, and their business exits and planning and valuation, um, they can get in touch. Sounds great. I appreciate it, bud. Brilliant. Thanks for your time, Ron. You bet. Take care. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Exit Insights podcast. And if you have, now's a good time to subscribe and make sure you get notified of all future episodes. Now, if the topics have raised questions about the value potential in your business or how you will exit like a boss, then contact me and arrange a free strategy call where we can discuss what's required for you. Otherwise, if you'd simply like to learn more about how to prepare for when you want to exit, then you can download a copy of our ebook called It All Begins With Insights. The link is in the show notes. In this book, we'll show you how a business insights report can be used to assess your business to uncover your intangible assets and identify the value potential if you're ready for exit and your business is exit ready.